Hi, I'm Jamie, and I am the creator of One World, Your Story, where we bring people together. And right now, we need this more than ever. The murder of George Floyd, the latest of countless Black Americans to be murdered at the hands of police in America, has set off a chain reaction across the United States. People are angry, people are hurt, and rightfully so. We cannot stand by and allow this to continue any longer. It's time to use our voices and bring this conversation out into the open for good. So join us for this episode of The Floyd Files. Your voice is your presence. Your voice is how you move in the world. Your voice is also how you speak and how you sing and how you share. Back again live for another episode of The Floyd Files. Um, Today, I am speaking with a dear friend of mine. Her name is, and I'm sorry for being weird right now. I'm just trying to get this all set up over here. <laughs> then I won't be weird anymore. Weird. Okay. Great. So, um, yes, live with one of my dear friends, Mariella, coming all the way from Argentina. Um, I always want to say BA, but I can never pronounce it right. So I'm going to let you do the honors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, give a little intro of yourself. I know you're working on a lot of things right now. Um, and I want to give you an opportunity to give a little intro and a shout out to some of the work that you're doing right now, Mariella. Totally. Thank you. I'm just taking out my wires right now because technology is great, but it's also frustrating. So I'm just going <laughs> to. It's great until have... it's not, and then it's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm calling from Argentina. I'm in Buenos Aires right now. You can say BA for sure if you want. You can say Capital Federal, um, Argentina. I am stuck here in the quarantine, um, just moved to Patagonia with my partner, but we needed to come back to the city um, right before the quarantine hit. And well, I'm in the city now, so happy about it slash would love to be in Patagonia right now, but I'm just waiting on the world to work out its shit. Um, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> and in the meantime, you know, I'm working on myself. So um, I'm, I feel very blessed. And I know that there are a lot of people that are going through really hard times right now. So I would like to ask Jamie if you and I can start this interview with a moment of silence just to show some love and respect to anyone who needs it right now, uh, anyone who has lost someone in their lives, uh, anyone who's fighting for justice, anyone who is looking for peace of mind and just want to hold some space for them right now, if that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank and you. Yeah, I think it's good to be have more mom moments of silence, uh, especially now. I think one of the things we started talking about offline is just 
And some, one of the things I'm really frustrated with is uh, we're, everyone is super interested in hearing what they have to say. So I feel like there's a lot of talking and not enough listening. And mm. I think that as that has accumulated over generations, you know, we come to this big, complex, beautiful mess. I say beautiful because it presents us with an opportunity to really create some change and be the change that we want to see. So with that said, you know, it gives people like you and me a chance to open space for these kinds of conversations and for different creative projects that uh, can hopefully add value to, to these times, to these hard times. So... Yeah, I know I'm supposed to give an introduction, but I think that's how, that's my introduction. Just like, it was perfect, just like you. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's beautiful to start with a moment of silence. I think it's like all of us going, 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 let's take a moment and just be, and also like send some energy to the people that need it. It's so important. And also while so many people are saying, speak up, use your voice, talk about it and also balance it out with listening. I think we forget that part a little bit myself yeah. for sure included. Um, okay. So the, one of the first things I'm like, man, Mariella, there's so many directions we could go in. You were just telling me about your name um, yeah. and you brought up your dad and we could definitely talk about your name and why the E is not capitalized. Um, what I really want to know though, and when you were bringing up your dad is, I want to talk a little bit about your parents, the people that raised you um, and what you learned from them about race. If anything. What did I learn from them about race? Yeah, or is there anything that they told you growing up that is more meaningful now or having a different impact now with given everything that's going on? Black is beautiful. Mm. Black is beautiful. I would say, I mean, not in, I mean, probably I'm sure there have been times in my life where those words were actually spoken, um, but more so of like a feeling and a knowing of, you know, know that you're beautiful and know that the, the history is complex. Um, but that overall sentiment and, uh, that can also create action, you know, with beautiful uh, intention. I think that when, I mean, as far as race is concerned, I mean, when I, when I talk about race right now, I think I want to, I want to talk about the human race because it's interesting how we create I mean, we have these beautiful minds, right? And we, we're, comfort we're comfortable, we look for comfort. So anything that gets us uncomfortable sparks a desire to create lines and boundaries and kind of, you know, uh, wall, put up walls uh, to, I guess, stay safe. I guess the the intention is to stay safe, but the product is uh, disease, dis-ease, confusion, 
overwhelm, you know, racism. Uh, if, we, if we think about the human race, you know, we have the same things. We have, we have, we have the same things inside of us and we have the same potential to access what we're born with, which is essentially our senses. You know, unless you are born without one of the physical senses, like, you know, your sight or your, or the sense of hearing. But even then, you know, you have other ways of seeing, like when we talked about voice earlier and sharing your voice, one of the things that I do that I've been doing here in Buenos Aires and that I'm continuing to do now, and especially now, because I know that everyone is figuring out themselves and how to share themselves with the world uh, during these crazy times. Um, I do these uh, free voice workshops where, so I study performance, I study theater uh, and film. And so I've been, charged with discovering myself as an artist over time, which means I have to get uncomfortable and find how to be myself in different moments. Uh, and I wish it would be great if like everyone could try to do that. I mean, I know that it's like, if you decide to go down the path of, of developing your art, um, which we're all born creative people. We are all, all essentially artists. And this is also just why I want to loop back to, you know, if you think about the human race, what's, what is common? Um, I, I don't really want to talk about the differences right now because there's, uh, I mean, there's so much information that will go into the, what, what makes us different essentially by, by putting up walls and things like that. But I'd like to focus on something that is a little more holistic, which is like, our, what are our commonalities? So, senses. Wanna, it, sorry, Mariella, <laughs> and we could talk about all of that. What I'm hearing from you is, you know, and I don't know how raw you want to get or willing to get. But, I always want to be raw. Okay, <laughs> great. I saw you, I mean, you and I talk a lot, but I saw you talk on Friday, right? At another talk. Mm -hmm. And there was some serious emotion that came up for you at the end of the talk. Yeah. And I feel, you know, when we were talking about doing this and, you know, you, from what my perception of it is that you wanted to have this conversation, willing to have this conversation, but, but talk about specific things. And I'm hearing from you now, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Like, and I want to know more about that. Like, <laughs> you want to talk about this, but it sounds like there's just stuff where it's like, no, like I'm done talking about that. I want to talk about this. Can we dig into that whole muckiness a little bit? And like, where is that coming from? Because I don't doubt that there's a lot of people in your similar position. Like I want to talk about this, but in a really productive, actionable way, in a spiritual way, in a loving way, right. In a way that's going to bring us together as a human race. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also think that there is some stuff to still dig into. So anyway, talk to me, like, where's that coming from in you? So I think, well, I don't think, I know that my personal journey uh, with, so just to make all this make sense. So I have been um, developing my, my sense of self since I decided to 
learn more about myself as an artist, right? Which means I have to be more connected to my emotions and my emotional intelligence, which is what I love to speak about and share, especially um, nowadays that we're so distracted and we're so con- we're so connected, but we're so disconnected. So this idea of um, coming to yourself and being aware of your sensitivity and intuition and um, and feeling and and how that can have a butterfly effect um, anger is something that is real and that is happening especially now and I have been learning how to deal with anger um, and I don't find it helpful for me or for anyone else to let the anger consume me and and then to spit it out um, at people so what I try to do with myself and then this is what I try to share whenever I speak about anything essentially is to connect with yourself and decide does this feel good or does it not feel good and if you are in a place where things feel good is it a, where's that coming from? Is it because of an attachment? Is it because of a fear? You know, are you drinking to forget about something because you're afraid to remember? Are you speaking hateful words because you don't want to, you know, it's like the personal work or the personal really like identifying um, of, of like your connection with yourself essentially I know I'm speaking really big here, but I've been in I've been in quarantine for three months, and my mind has just been like like this, <laughs> just like connecting in all kinds of different ways, um, and and really just has me rethinking a lot of things. And I I'm always on the side of being curious um, and experimenting with love, and I think that uh now is a, a really ripe time for that so if i can say anything uh that has to do with race right now it's like yes of course if i have to check boxes because society is asking me to check a box then i have to say that i'm a woman and i have to say that i am black and i have to say that i love a woman and i have to say that whatever else it is that you know this uh illusion and i say illusion in the best way because we've all created this reality but what is it? What is, why does it matter? It only matters when control or power happens. And that's like, where does that come from? So anyway, I guess what I want to say is, <laughs> is that if we just could all be with ourselves in the dark and be and, and learn how to be okay in that moment of looking at ourselves in the mirror, like, have you just looked in the mirror at yourself ever and just like looked at yourself and not like looked and evaluated, like, what is, what is this? How is this? This is also, (laughs) I was not born with this beauty mark. I learned from my mom that when I have a pimple to put some eyeliner on it and to make it a beauty mark. So, you know, that's something I guess that I learned from from my parents. If you want to loop back into that first question that you asked me, but, um, yeah, I think that if we could, if we could all just approach our fears, even a- alone, obviously in a safe way, approach our fears, then we wouldn't be so hateful and hurtful to other people. Because 
I think what you're referring to when I got emotional in the last conversation that I had um, about uh, sharing your voice and just like, you know, being aware of different experiences and in particular the black experience. Um, I, I think that it's important to give space and to be with yourself, um, which means playing around with time in a different way, like taking your time, having a moment of silence for yourself and for people to respect, you know, whatever is happening, but just to be more in tune. So I think that we're all connected, super, super, super connected, but then we're all really disconnected if you think about it, because, and the reason we know that is because look at what's happening. And it's like, People are getting shot for what? Because of what? It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And when I was five years old in Los Angeles in 1992, the Rodney King riots were happening. And I'm 32 now and the same shit is happening. Police are killing black men and nothing is happening. And it's just like, how are we still here? How are we allowing this to happen? We're so out of touch. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's, you said, okay, we're so out of touch. How are we allowing this to happen? Are you really reflecting? And you are speaking in big overarching terms, which is great, but let's bring it back to more personal and let's bring it back to more tangible stuff so that somebody listening to this that isn't on the spiritual journey that you have been on and that I'm on might be able to grasp this a little bit more. Okay. So what you're talking about with these, identities, let's call them, that we all have to fit into. I with you. I don't, and you say it's fear. I think it definitely is fear. I think it's more of just, and it comes from fear, right? We want a clear and easy way to navigate the world and make sense of things. It's why we have binary systems to begin with. And they're terrible because it doesn't leave any room for anything in between. So it really fucks with things though, because there is so much intersectionality in our lives. For example, I'm not just a white woman. I'm a white Jewish woman. I'm a white Jewish queer woman, right? There's like layers of intersectionality. So, and that's, I think we are talking, I mean, we cannot literally just define people, even if we want to. So when does it become, I'm going to stop trying to figure out who you are so I can make sense of it and focus on figuring out who I am so I can make sense of myself. And then by the way, none of the other stuff has to matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you say, how are we still here? And I think it goes back to all the stuff you're just saying. It's the lack of reflection. So how do we start? Because you are a change maker, right? You want to incite action in people and also love. How does it start? How did you get started on that journey? And like, and, and we can go there. And I'm also super curious to know on a completely other subject, what is like being in Argentina as you versus being in the US mm -hmm. as you? When I say as you, because I know that there's some layers of intersectionality there and you know what I'm referring to, but I'm curious about that. Is there really a cultural difference in America with how we treat people versus other countries? In this case, Argentina. Yeah, I think that when we, because we live in a, in, in societies, global societies eh, that exploit people and exploit the earth and resources. It's like, 
that's a, a reflection for me of like, okay, we don't know who we are if we think we can take advantage of, of something else or someone else, right? So um, how do we create change? I think it's, a, it's the way that I know is be okay with being vulnerable and be okay with having uh, conversations and not knowing and realizing that you don't know all the answers. So something that I think will always block us is like um, this, this, the way that we are taught, you know, through education of like, there is either a yes or a no, a right or a wrong, a black or a white, a masculine or a feminine. And, and we lose sight of like a holistic vision, right? Of, who we are and then who, how we can commune with the world essentially. So I think that I would love to say, I mean, the, the visual that I always give is like over time, over like all, generation after generation, this huge pillar of all of this shit, exploitation, uh, the economy of, you know, the haves and the have nots, it's all been constructed in this very unnatural way, this huge pillar of power, of mishandled power that is now, that has now collapsed, you know, and we're standing there like, what do we do with this? We're, we're standing there now. What do we do with this? You know, and that's really beautiful and painful because, you know, our parents and grandparents and, and everyone before us have worked in some way to build this willingly or unwillingly. And so it brings this huge trauma that we're now faced with. And I think that if we could start speaking about it as a trauma and not be afraid of it, like no one is perfect. We all come with our baggage. And so speaking about it as a trauma, as a mental, I mean, this is it, race. The difference between people based on race, that whole thing is, is a psychosis, in my opinion. It is, it is a psychological uh, illness for you to say that because this person has this skin complexion or has this hair type or, or comes from, you know, these roots that they are inferior. It's like, wait a minute, look in the mirror. Who are you to say? And if someone is teaching you that, don't just listen and take it for granted. And, and, and someone might be your mom, someone might be your grandmother. And those are hard conversations to have. That's what I'm saying. It's like being vulnerable and having these hard conversations and, and knowing that even if you just say, if you say one word or speak up about something, that is, that is effectively changing something. You've said some really good juicy stuff in there. I mean, the whole, yeah, it is trauma that we're going through. Someone else that I was speaking to the other day said that different levels, different layers, of course, depending on who you are right now, but there are, there is trauma right now. And I think that we should look at it like that, as you're saying, because it gives a gentleness, like a lovingness to how we're going to be with each other. If that's the case, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I eliminate some of the anger I think that you're talking about. 
It allows you to work through the anger, right? Yes. Because instead of just pointing and saying, it's your fault, it's, it's their fault. It's like, it's, we all got in this together. And one of the things that I think glues mm. it all together is this really warped way of survival that's based on this economy that is always coming first versus wellness versus education versus, you know, all of these other things that could and should have a, an equal place in how we live our lives. But because money is power in, in this time and has been for a long time, um, it has warped, it has it's created so much illness. Well, I mean, it goes back to the fact that, yes, money meant power and the money was con- constantly going into the hands of white people, right? From the beginning when now, we built this country. You can um, say presently is. It's not a was yet. It's still happening. Still, still, absolutely. And, and by the way, um, I was watching Killer Mike and he did this three-day experiment where he was trying to live only black meaning only support and buy and consume black owned businesses, products, food, et cetera, in the U S he was in, I think Atlanta when he started, then was traveling somewhere for a show. I mean, he literally didn't eat for 24 hours because to find a grocery store that had food coming from a black farm was near impossible. He was walking everywhere because there were no cars manufactured. And then you think about the dollar, right? So I earned this as a black American. How long can it actually stay within my community? Less than 24 hours is the answer. Yeah, it's bad. In today, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then we think about power and wealth and how that cycle continues and perpetuates. I mean, hello, like basic economics bleeds into it. So yeah, all of that money is power. And in this, and we know what that means right now. Um And by the way, it's a question that I've been asking, you know, myself every single day and other white people, if this transformation, I mean, like deconstruction, reconstruction is going to happen. That means I have to be willing to give up some of that power. And not just you, a lot of people. That's what I was about to say. Like same with a lot of other white people in this country. And not just, and not just white people, all people. That's what I'm saying. This the glue that is holding this warped way of living together. I mean, I, I know that there are people of color and black people who are very comfortable right now. And if they and if you say, hey, don't like like how Killer Mike was like, you know, the, all of this money I'm giving to is supporting who knows what. Um, essentially, he had to give up certain things, like certain comforts, like I don't know, transportation, like you said in that case, or food. And that's food isn't a comfort. Food is a necessity, actually. You know, so I think that, again, I don't I'm not I don't really want to have a conversation about pointing fingers or like continuing the the line of of yes and no black and white, because there's so much content on that right now. I prefer to talk about how we can all get out of our comfort zones a little bit in order to come together like actually, to deconstruct and reconstruct, as you said. And that's uncomfortable, but that's why I think that if we can all tap into our creative power, everyone that is a human essence, we can create, we create with our thought, we create with what we decide to do in a day. If we are fortunate enough, there are obviously people who don't have that power and we need to tackle that. You like, I, I, sorry to cut you off. I just want to make sure like, I, I'm so glad that you said that and corrected me because I definitely 
sit here, I'm like, oh yeah, there's certain people, certain groups of people that are the ones that really need to be doing the work and making a change. But you're right, actually, literally is everyone, everyone. everyone. And the more, I mean, this is, it's tricky because if we continue to make this about a black and white thing, we're, we're in the same game. So how yeah. do we not, because how can that not be the conversation when it is the conversation? You know what I mean? Like, how, how do we reframe that? Especially, well, especially in a country that is like more divided and pinned against each other than we ever have been. Like, and I don't even mean just race, you know, politics, we're in the middle of a crazy election. I mean, how do we not make it of this versus that black versus white liberal versus conservative? How do we just make it a human American or whatever thing? I think that again, first, I also want to say that there is a lot of work to do to make up all of the ugly past that has created our very disgusting future or sorry future no present and then hopefully will become a better future which means yes a lot of marginalized communities have no resources and a lot of those communities are black communities and it's like how do we go into our communities because and this is the thing see it as our community don't just see it as a black community if if you live and breathe and eat and it's all the same we're all material you know, you have a different skin complexion than I do. Of course, we can see that with our eyes. But essentially, if you say, I'm only going to help this community, then you're still drawing a line. And that means you're out of touch with yourself. And that means we need to start at square one, which square one is you, Jamie, as an individual, need to sit with yourself and like be in touch with yourself, right? And that there are several ways to do that. And it's not throwing a religious text over it. It's like literally check in with yourself and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And if you decide to continue to do what doesn't feel good to someone else and to yourself, then you, you're on, uh, you're still on the same, you're, on, you're a dinosaur, right? Um, because I really believe that if we can just shift that, uh, that focus of them and us and them, this us versus them, um, that we can start to reconstruct all of the damage that has been done for thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> and that's a big task, right? It's a like, big task. And I mean, my God, it is one that I'm definitely on a journey of uh, like trying to show people that we are just fucking people at the end of the day, period, end of subject. And it takes, I, I want to be at this point, it takes like programming, for example, like, okay, if you literally have never seen a black person or you can count on your hand, how many black people, you know, or you can, whatever, I don't know, you, you, the most black content that you consume is music, for example, or whatever, like just really reflect and see how in touch or how out of touch you are. And then program in your life you have it has to be present something that you do daily or something that you do weekly hopefully daily you know and so that you can say okay you know what i'm going to go to this neighborhood or i'm going to offer my time to to educate myself first and other people around me or i'm going to you know you there are so many different ways this is the beautiful part about right now is that you can enter into effective change to like um, 
to help heal this racial issue that we're seeing, because essentially it's healing trauma, right? And it's healing this psychosis of you are inferior, you are superior based on your skin color. It's really ridiculous when you think about it, but it really creates a lot of disturbance. People are getting killed. People are being, things are being taken away from them. Opportunities are being taken away from us, you know, always. I, I was the first uh, generation to go to college, you know, and I stand next to several friends. Actually, my partner in Argentina was not, right? She, her parents went to college. My parents did not go to college. So we're talking about first world and non-first world countries, but I'm the first in my family to go to college. Oh, and her family's from Argentina? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's, I mean, one thing that you were saying, and I think you missed out a really key piece. You're like, okay, you know, if you don't, if you can count on one hand, how many black people, you know, in your life, or you've never spoken to a black person, maybe it's time to go out and get in these communities and find out where you can help. I mean, I think that you're missing a really key thing is when you realize, like you do this reflection, right? And you realize, well, shit, maybe I've never actually had a conversation with a black person before, like a real conversation then maybe it's time to sit there and question yourself as to how and why and what do you believe about that particular race? What have you been told that you automatically believe and question everything? Because if you've never actually talked to people that don't look like you, how can you possibly say that your preconceived judgments or ideas of how that person's gonna act are possibly true? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yes, question yourself. This has to be with like the first step of like, question it's everything. Your, it's yeah. Question yourself. It's your personal work. And then question all of the other resources that you've learned about this community in particular, right? Like Hollywood, for example, or the marketing industry, you know, or like, what you learn about yourself. How did you learn that about? what did you tell yourself? How question everything. Mm-hmm education, you know, you can, you can, you know, it's, if I go, so when I started to travel the world, you meet, you meet different kinds of people all the time. And unfortunately, in a lot of places in the world, there aren't a lot of black people. And you have to ask why? because people will look like you, like you're a foreign flying object, you know, because literally you're the first person of a different color that people have seen. And what does that do inside of you? And what does that, what does that make, how does that influence the way you interact with, with the world, how you decide to show yourself? And I'm speaking because it's not just my personal experience. Um, and I say that when, um, when you start to travel the world and you have to start asking people or people start telling you what they think about black people, you realize, and they, sometimes they might even tell you, they saw this on TV. They heard this in a song, you know, the, the, the black culture that people, that a global people get if they don't. And I mean, and I say global, but I also mean in, in the States, you know, there are places in the States where, you know, there are suburbs and there are cities and there are places in the States that there's, there, are no, there are no black people. So they learn about black people through what? TV, movies, music, 
advertising. Um, so I remember having a conversation with someone who was from Europe and literally was like, you know, that's the content that we get. That's what we see. So what, what does that mean? If they're seeing violence, if they're seeing poverty, if they're seeing these things that are pretty uh, abusive, that forms your opinion on a whole people. And so again, to take, to take a step back, if you are receiving that information, if you're not being taught how to receive information and you're taking this information and you go, well, that's black people or well, that's whatever, that means that, that your system has failed you. They have failed you because you cannot think for yourself. And, and it's not like, you know, some people cannot go and travel to, you know, go and meet a black person. So then how do you find, you know, content on the internet that shows you a diverse range of minds that happen to be black so that you can then form your own opinion? Because unfortunately, I mean, I, I'm from Los Angeles and I also studied theater and film. And there was a time when I was trying to be a writer and an actor in Los Angeles. And I got the hell out of there because I realized they wouldn't cast me for certain things because of how I looked. You know, like, or there was obviously, Hollywood is a very complex place, um, but they are uh, essentially one of the big players in forming and in, in bringing a formalized view of a huge group of people, in particular, the black race. I mean, I would say as pull Netflix up right now. Let's do a share screen. Okay. And let's let's see how many, and right now it's going to be different because now everyone is putting black people first and that's cool. I can't go into, oh wait, hang on. And I hope that it lasts for a long time. Like, I hope that people don't forget that, you know, what's happening now. I hope this does, isn't a fad in that, you know, for example, Netflix is showing uh, or, or any kind of company is showing like more blackface. This is a new blackface <laughs> moment. And I don't know if you're familiar with blackface in, in film and in theater. Oh my gosh. It, uh, yes. Okay. Oh, Horrendous. Because maybe there are people as you, as I'm like putting you on the spot and having you log in. <laughs> I'm trying to get my Netflix login. Okay. I got it from the right browser. Here we go. Here we go. Um, actually, you know what? Go back. Go to children. I can't tell you how many times. What are they showing children? I can't go back now. Ah. (laughs) Okay. What are they showing children? Let's see how many cartoons and how many children's stories have Black people. Let's scroll down. Let's just do it like a, what's happening? Face value. Not much. And even like the emojis and the characters. You got a you got a black dog. You got Snoopy. Or sorry, Scooby. Scooby Doo. Oh, raising Dion. <laughs> raising Dion. They they finally put a black person in Spider-Man. But like uh, literally nothing else. Oh yeah. There's a black kid in Spider-Man. But that's what I'm saying. Right now, it's like, and thank gods, thank the goddess. in underpants. Whoever is like, whoever's determining like what to put up, they hopefully are saying, let's put more black people on the screen or let's put more black people on the headlines so that people can see 
you know? And what do you just- think? What do you think though? When like we just scrolled, right? And it's, there's the one black kid mm-hmm. tokenism. Does that make a difference? Does that really make it like one? No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, uh, thank you for that. Netflix do better represent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're calling you out right now. Netflix. <laughs> um, no, tokenism is is a real thing because of, again, how our society is has been constructed. Um, when I say that now in the heat of all of this racial climate, uh, companies are now trying to put black faces more, you know, on uh, just sharing more black perspectives, which I think is great. It becomes tokenism when it only happens for the week that this story is important or for the next month or for the Black History Month. You know, it's like it should be regular, actually, because Black people are a part of the system and help build a lot of the system. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, do you think that this is this going to be a movement or is it a moment? And and I ask that because, like, I, I've definitely talked to some friends of mine in the black community that are like, we should be like, it's this weird feeling of like, feeling like I should be happy right now that this is all happening, but I don't. And like mad and annoyed, like all of those things come up. Um, so yeah, talk, where, where are you at in all of that? That's definitely leads back to what we were saying before about it being a trauma, right? Like, and being a a healing process like we're all in different phases and yeah there's anger all the time that comes up and how do you deal with it and there's frustration that comes up all the time and how do you deal with it i definitely feel jaded at certain times especially now it's like oh great you're interested now where were you when i was five years old when the rodney king rights were happening or even the next month or even the next year or you know decades from then you know why why now is it all of a sudden important to you and it's great I'm saying it's good that that this is important that this is a highlight and I hope that it becomes a movement um for a better more inclusive and I don't even like to use the word inclusive anymore because it's it's kind of it's lost a lot of its value because of how people are throwing it around um with good intention but still like what does it mean? It's holistic. You know, we are in this together. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So how dare you try to make it better or worse for someone else? Just, you know, do you <laughs> and do you with, and with integrity and with, with compassion. And I think that that will help everyone. Yeah. I was going to say, I think sometimes people hear that, like you have to just focus on you. Like you can't change or save the whatever. That is not letting you off the hook, by the way. You have to put actionable steps. Like you, we are a product of what has happened before us. Yep. Okay. Which means you, we can't be complacent and say, well, it's not my problem. Or I didn't create racism. Or I didn't, I've never been racist to anyone or whatever. It's like, actually, we're all creating this reality together. So every decision that you make or don't make affects me whether you see it or not, yep. you know, this, it goes back to a lot of things. We're talking about race right now, but like how many people are dying because we need these phones in our hands? 
the oh, battery yeah. Oh, yeah. and the technology. And the clothes how, that how we wear. Right. How inconvenient for me, I would love it, by the way, but how inconvenient would it be for most people to like not even have this? But how many lives would be saved? Saved, sure. Yeah, it's, um, it, it is like, I think a beautiful thing that all of this stuff is getting kind of more talked about now. And like you said, like, where were you five, 10 years ago? And for a thousand of these issues, and it's like, there's no way to just talk about race in this country and white supremacy without also talking about the institution of education, the institution of health. And then all of these other things get unearthed. And that's when it's like, fuck, it's overwhelming. Don't yeah. shut down. Don't get overwhelmed. Pick something that is meaningful to you that you know you can make an actionable change on and start with that. Then you can add more and just be a good person in all the other days that you live. I think it's easy to get overwhelmed. You're like, fuck it. I'm not going to do anything because it's too much. No, that is bullshit. And you're letting yourself off the hook. Mm-hmm. Pick something that's meaningful that you can make an impact with. Or as mm-hmm. like, I have my friends, Zine and David always say this to me because I go over on, they're like, think globally, act locally, right? Yeah. Like it does, you can start small and it spreads. Like you said, every action has a reaction. It's a butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I want to ask you about, because you're saying, you know, it's all of us that has to do this work. Everyone has a role in this. Everyone. Even if you are part of the oppressed group, you have a role in it. Um, it might look and different. Yeah. And I will say that the, the role for the oppressed group, one of them, is to, what's well, hard, Patience is a virtue because again, the, the jadedness or this feeling that you say, you talk to some of your black friends and they're like, okay, great. Or like, I, I, I don't not like the hope is lost because of so much time that has passed. And like, now this is a, you know, a big happening. And I would just say patience is a virtue because time, you know, for things to change, it can change. I mean, change is constant. So as we speak, change is happening but also a lot of these, these big concrete pillars, you know, that have been formed over time, those are huge pieces that um, in order to move them and to even acknowledge them and to talk about them, it takes patience for the oppressed group in this, in this conversation that we're having for black people. Um, it's patience because if not, then we become the aggressor. And we become the people that are angry and being violent and not wanting to listen and all these things. So fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, Black people right now, we have to practice a lot of patience. And I think that that, if we can look at it as a fortunate thing, it can help with our healing and wellness. Because otherwise, if we throw anger or um, any of the other very toxic emotions that if we let consume us, then we're going to be a part of the problem and not a part of the solution. And hopefully what's happening now with, I mean, if we think of like in the civil, I don't know, any time before the 2000s, you know, we didn't have this means of communicating, even though this, this thing is killing the earth and people, the other side of it is that it's connecting us so how can we honor the, 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 the lives that are lost 
you know, and I have this symbol here and hope I'm calling out Netflix, but I'm calling out Apple too. Look at this, you know, how, how can we, if we're not willing to be uncomfortable by saying, I don't need this, that's creating so much pain in the world, you have it. So how do you use it? How, well, how, how do you use, use it? it? And also like, who are you buying it from? I think like we could pay more attention to that kind of stuff, but yeah, how are you using it? For sure. Um, I, I think it's really beautiful what you were saying about patience. And I, I, it made me think when you were talking before about like, where were you when I was five years old during the Rodney King riots? I think there's something to be said about better late than never. And I know that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And really, like, would you rather it happen now or never happen? You know? And I, I like, don't get me wrong. I say that as I'm like, also like, oh my gosh, all the layers of feelings there. I, I can completely understand. I also think like there's a whole conversation right now. You and I have to talked really briefly about it. It is something that I've been thinking about since a conversation I had last week, but you cannot have white supremacy without anti-blackness and thinking about that, not just how that plays out in the white community, but how does that play out within the black community itself, within our community as people, I should say. Um, I don't know anything you want to touch on or say about that. Yeah, I think, um, this is, it's what, what called our attention in these past weeks, it's still happening. It's not that it happened and it's not, it's not going to happen anymore. It's still happening and it will continue to happen if we don't all do something about it. Um, and I think that now everyone is figuring out how to do something about it. So conversations like this, actively making, you know, signing petitions or going into schools. Well, now you can't because everything is closed. Um, but figuring out how you can be an active participant in change and not just hoping for change or saying like, yeah, people are seeing this. But the, the other thing about always being so connected is that you see people die all the time on TV and on social media, and that's horrible. So that's why I say this, this could be a fad and it could not be a fad. This could be a fad or it could be a movement. And really the choice is ours, right? This could be something that comes up and that has come up in my life time and time again, my life meaning and my awareness of, you know, racial violence that I can say has happened since. I mean, I remember the first moment when I was five years old and probably before that, but the first moment that I can recollect is, is when I was five and now I'm 32. And so if you talk about over a span of my lifetime so far, how much racial injustice and racial violence that I've seen, how are we, how are we, how are we still allowing this to happen? I know, then, then, then it goes like, okay, better late than ever, but how, how? And I mean, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about originally is like, we have wanted to reform what we have had in place to make the change. Oh, that wasn't working. Let's just restructure it slightly this way right? That doesn't work. It perpetuates the same system. You're putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound over and over again. That's why we're still here. That's why there's so many people that are saying, hey, if we're just going to change the systems that exist already, literally we'll, we'll be here again and again and again. 
That's why it takes, let's dismantle it. Rethink, reimagine what could a new life look like where we truly are the human race, Mm -hmm. right? Without this bullshit socially constructed, oh, you look like this. So that means that, I mean, it's all made up. Um, and the so illusion too of like, to be quite frank, the illusion of what let's, if we talk about this psychosis, uh, this psychological damage of, of, of racial superiority, white supremacy, all of the things, all of the things all of the things that make someone who feels that they have that they are superior because of their comfort or whatever it's an illusion oh yeah it's an illusion which which like this land is is not your land it's not no my it's land. just land it's, it's just land. and the fact that a group of people over time decided to say, this is my land and therefore this is my thing. And this is my, these are my resources and these are my people and this is my property. And it continues having, this is my money. This is my home. This is, this is an illusion. And so it's that, I think that if you can realize that it will make changing things easier and more in your face versus, Oh, it's going to take so long. And it's like the idea of ownership period really fucks with us, especially in American society and culture. And I don't know if my business partner is listening to this, but he was telling me about this book one time and it goes back to even like my wife, right? Become mine, mine ownership. As soon as like you enter that into agreement Mm. and those boundaries and barriers and like the ownership and what implies ownership. I mean that, yeah, it fucks us hardcore and it draws major dividers and barriers it eliminates the possibility of one human race and i mean and then it goes all back to power right the ego we want to get spiritual about it like yeah i think that we i mean hopefully the the thing that will fuel this movement because i want to i want to hope that this will not just be a fad of everyone being interested and doing a little bit of research and then like saying, okay, we need to be better. And then like, you know, next month or whenever everything lets up in the world, it's like the same things are happening. You know, that's, that's a fear, but I have to have hope that at least in my circles that can't happen because I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, How can, how can we effectively be the change that we want to see? Um, and, and recognize the damage that has been done and not feel like, uh, not be afraid to feel vulnerable. Um, because Amen. essentially vulnerability is, if you take away the, the illusions and the construct that makes you feel safe and secure, if you take that away and actually it's been taken away, it's some of this has been taken away with this whole pandemic. You oh know? yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what, what are you working for? What are you doing? If you can't even go and enjoy whatever is outside or, you know, the people that you, you know, it's like that can be taken away in a moment. In a second. It's, 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 it's like uh, the realization of that hopefully will help people be on the boat of like building something new. And really, and transmutation, I don't think that we can ever forget about it. And I don't think we should forget about it. It is a part of us. It is us. 
Um, I am a part of it as you are a part of it. And it's not some people that are dead and gone that made this, you know, whole system happen, you know, from way back when in the Roman times and before it's like, we're, we're actively building that now. So how can we transmute all of that ugliness into something that is going to be a little more holistic and really, do you want it? Like, do you want it? Well, want, that goes, that goes back to like, would you give up privilege? I think that when we say question everything, yeah. Do you actually want an equitable place to live? Do you actually want one human race? And are you being really real with yourself about that? Yeah, I would prefer people just be like, no, I'm comfortable and I'm good. And I know people are having a bad time, but that's not my problem. Say that. Don't, don't try to, don't blur the lines. Like be real, realness. But, but, but I mean, Jesus, that's like part of the problem, <laughs> realness. Um, that's part of the problem with why we haven't been able to talk about racism or even say the word, hey, Mariella, you're a black woman until recently, right? Because we're so afraid of not being PC. We're so afraid of offending someone or, or what it really is, is afraid to look like a bad person. When we call someone racist, not even that you are a racist, that was racist. It instantly means I'm a bad person. No, you can't call me that. So like, I'm never going to come out and publicly say, and this is not me, okay, because there's no way in hell I would have voted for this person. But how many of the people that voted for Trump were silent about it and just did it, right? Like all of the things that we know we shouldn't say out loud, but we're still doing Those are the things, say them out loud. If you're going to do them behind closed doors, you're going to vote for Trump. Own it, say it, speak about it so we can at least have a conversation about it, right? And know where you stand truly. Mm. And I think that's what you're saying. Like, if you're not willing to give up your privilege, if this isn't actually important to you, let's say it so that we can at least get an accurate pulse check of where the fuck we all stand. There's no confusion about why we're still here. Right. Right. (laughs) An accurate pulse check for sure. And it's like this, like, I think that, I mean, who knows when we won't have any poverty in the world, racism in the world, destructive anything in the world. I think that technology will actually push us deeper into that unless we get more beautiful, holistic, diverse minds in technology. Because if not, we have the same people comfort building technology that built these systems. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, watch out because that's like, then the ethics get weird, you know, and people want to say like, who's running Facebook, who's running Twitter, like who's running Instagram, all the shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These tech giants, um, they're trying, but not hard enough to be honest. And that's why I'm saying like, Uh, Well, I I think it's like, are you just ticking a box Mm -hmm. or do you really want it to make a change? Like we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And I don't know. I don't know. I wish I did. I I wish people were honest about it. Like, are you doing this for your affirmative action because you're a publicly traded company and you have to have certain things or do you actually give a shit? And -hmm. I think it's obvious when people actually give a shit, it looks different. Like you can tell. It feels different. It feels different. That's the word. It looks different too, because the feeling, you know, drives what the, what you manifest in the material that you create on it. And I think, again, that brings back what I said in the, uh, the first part of this interview, 
if people can be more in touch with their feelings and their emotions uh, and not have to be hijacked on expectation and privilege all the time, I think that we would then start seeing some real change. Absolutely. So let's end it on something along those lines. Unless there's anything else that is like burning, yearning message or something that you want to say about racism in America, I want to flip it to something else. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to say anything else that you might want. Yeah, to. I mean, I can talk for years about racism in America. And I and actually, I didn't even <laughs> that even sounded weird coming out of my mouth because I've been living in. South America for so long that I that I say the United States and whenever I have to say America it makes me mm. get like a why why is that America when these are the Americas all of these yeah you're not the only one that has said that it is a bunch of bullshit actually so let's call it the United States um and actually <laughs> let's just go even deeper in language is it the United the States the States the states i know it's fucked up i actually was thinking recently like man if there was ever a time that the country was going to split like i think it would be because we are not the united states and think about like it was the the um the soviet union right like union of things and then it's split and we're the united i mean eh, we'll see what happens that's a whole other subject but yes um I guess because there could be a thousand things that we could have talked about and you could still say, I guess let's, let's reframe the question. Is we can do a, more. We can do more later too. I want to, okay. I want to come back on with you more. We can, we can dive in deeper. Okay. Is there a specific message that you want to make sure that you leave behind today? I should say that about everything that's currently happening right now in the, in, in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's so many things that I can say, but if we're short on time right now, I would just say, think about the kids. Mm. Think about the kids. Amen. What are we teaching them? What are they doing right now? Like look to their leadership. Did you hear about the TikTok kids that literally like stopped Trump's rally? Whole other story. But yes, look at the kids, the future for sure. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so about taking yourself on, right? And getting in touch because Mariella, unfortunately, there are, I think more people that have not gone on this journey that I would say you and I have both been on of self than there have been. And it is a beautiful journey. It's not easy. It is hard, but I think one of the best things we can do is take ourselves on. So if there's somebody out there that's watching that hasn't done that, has no idea to even where to begin, we're talking about action, right? Be the change. Hmm. What's one actionable thing that they could do today or this week? Where's a, where's a stepping stone, Mariella? Try to practice presence in, in any time that you can. And what does that mean? Being present in the moment means you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. You're, you're with yourself. You're with your breath. You're feeling the sensations that you have that, that it can help you experience the world. Um, give yourself some time each day to be with yourself and mm. to check in and try to just see, you know, what are you, where does your mind go? Where, what are you feeling right now? And not judge yourself and be kind to yourself mm. and really put your hand on your heart and feel your pulse, feel your heartbeat and give yourself kindness. That's one step. And then be curious, 
don't be afraid to be curious. Be curious, Absolutely. ask questions, go and find new things and ex experiment. I mean, I am an experimental artist and I find so much joy in that. I think that Absolutely. improvisation is beautiful. It's terrifying because with improvisation, you don't know what's going to happen next, but the beautiful things that happen could the never happen that, if you didn't improvise. Totally. And the things that you're talking about, this, this, the art, the improv, the um, being present, how do you feel in the moment? It literally all goes back to at, at, at being present. Cause when you're improving, you can't be thinking about the past or the future. You got to be in the moment to be able to respond to what that person said in front of you. And by the way, in order to get present, cause there's going to be people out there that's like, how do I even do that? Um, question everything. Mm -hmm. You're walking down the street. What do I like about this? Why am I walking down the street? How does it feel? What is that flower? That gets you to presence immediately because it takes away all the other wondering thoughts. So if you're looking for a way to do it, start questioning everything in the moment all of the time. Um, you're awesome. I love talking with you. Uh, I, I could keep going forever, but we do have to stop for sake of time. So anything else you'd like to say uh, on the record? Yeah, totes. I mean, I want to come back for sure because I've got a lot more to say. And I know that um, personally, I've been looking at things, especially during this quarantine, I've been looking at things from a micro perspective, which is the nitty gritty racial, uh, economic, uh, all of the like uh, very material ways of, of seeing the world. And I've also been looking at things from a micro le macro level, like, why are we here? What is this great mystery? Why are we treating each other like this? You know, so I would try to say again, like for someone else who might be um, confused or feeling a lot of anger or be or bewilderment is to just kind of take your time to transition from a micro to macro, macro to micro, so that you're not always in a bubble um, and you can open your perspective. And I'll say if anyone wants to work with me in that, I do, like I said, these free your voice workshops where it's not just about your voice and like how you hear someone, how you hear yourself. Your voice is your presence. Your voice is how you move in the world. Your voice is also how you speak and how you sing and how you share. Um, so I love working with the voice. And I, and I think that there's so much, I know that there's so much magic in tuning into your voice and sharing that voice. And I think if we can all do that a little more individually, it will have its effects collectively. And then hopefully we'll start seeing some change. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we share links to what you're talking about in the comments of this video? Okay. Okay. We will do that if you want to get I really appreciate what you're doing and opening up these conversations and being, you know, bringing your yourself, your full self and not being afraid and being afraid. I think there's, you know, fearless is, is a concept that I think is it's false. There's I was going to say, I am not fearless. Mm -mm. You know what I mean though? But like, you know, you're, you push, you push live and you're on like, well, I think it's, it's harnessing the fear, like using it to fuel me rather than letting it stop me. Uh, Cause I have a, a say, if it scares you, go for it. Fucking do it. That's mm -hmm. living. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying to play it safe. We don't have time to play it safe anymore, especially with what's going on right now. So 
thank you um, for saying yes and being willing to have the conversation and maybe talk about some things you didn't want to talk about today. Um, and I'm really grateful that you did and just for being you and teaching me the trick that your mom taught you. I'm using that for sure. This is Paula Marie. I'm going to call her out. Because Paula Marie, I love you. You're my mommy and I'm so blessed to have you in my yes. life. I'm grateful for Paula that she made you. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. That's all I got. Thank you for being so wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One World Your Story podcast. If you enjoyed hearing this story and you wish to hear more, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. And of course, follow us on Instagram at One World Your Story. From all of us here at the One World Your Story podcast, we are sending you so much joy and love. Have a wonderful rest of your day.